The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes, My Farm Radio, and the Growing Knowledge blog on AnswerPlot.com. It's time for The Deal with Yield. And joining us as usual, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead, Joel Whipperfirth, and Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor, Kyle Reiner. This week's episode will dive into how to get the best data during harvest. This is a question that's going to be fun to hear your answer. How important is calibrating your yield monitor and what happens if farmers don't calibrate their monitors? <laughs> this is a trick question. Yeah. Some well, don't want it calibrated. Yeah. Well, obviously, the closer your combine is calibrated, the better the information is that's going to come off of it. Depending upon what kind of decisions you make with it, I think one of the advances that came in yield monitors, there were some brands in years past where it was really important to calibrate them the first day you started. But most of the common brands have accepted a technology that allows you to go back and retroactively recalibrate all the loads in there. So really just daily moisture is probably the biggest reason to recheck it. And I would say one big calibration thing that's out there, and here's really where their opportunity is for precision ag to come into play. How many points of reference your yield monitor has to a particular yield? Say you're combining most of the field at 200, The further you get from 200, the less that yield sensor knows what 200 feels like. And so we've started to use yield monitors with multiple calibration points. So as you're calibrating your monitor, it's important to think about harvesting at different speeds so that that sensor gets to know different senses. So that will make your yields at below 150 more accurate, and it'll make your yields at above 250 more accurate if your average is 200. To me, it's garbage in, garbage out. It's the guys that have the monitor in there and they hang their jacket on it. I know people like that. They have this mindset. It doesn't much matter. We'll just measure the bends at the end of the year or we'll just get the assembly sheets from the co-ops. That's fine. Those farmers need to either adapt to the technology and rely on it. Sometimes they don't rely on it. It's a trust thing. And based off of that, you can go out and rent more ground or you can buy more ground and they have a more insightful tool to help in that assessment. And it's... I've drove a lot of combines and custom combining or not, if people are having people custom combining and you're paying an extra dollar an acre or whatever it is for a good, reliable monitor information, that's worth a lot to make some management decisions off a variety or a fungicide application, whatever you're doing at the end to move on and make that recommendation in the future based off those hybrids is crucial to me in farming. Are you telling me that a $15,000 dome light could be used as something more than that? Yes, they do more than hat racks. Should we talk a little bit more about the yield map? And what kind of information and insights should farmers expect to glean from the yield maps? Specifically around what information you can glean from your yield maps, it's the doctor-patient relationship where there might be some things in there that you know caused yield. I think some of the very basic elements that yield can be used for is basic crop removal. And that's one of the elements that tends to be underutilized. We start by soil sampling. That's a great place to infer how many nutrients you need to put back out there. I think there's some really top-end yields out there that we tend to under-fertilize for. So, So basic crop removal is a key place to start using yield maps. 
Yeah, along with what Joel said, grid sampling, I think it's a great idea. You start figuring out where your base soil is at the time, and then you start layering that over the top with where your yields are you're pulling. And last thing we want to do is just like your kids at home, you don't want to starve your kids. you got feeding population of plants out there just like you're feeding your kids at home. They have everyday needs, and if you're not meeting those needs, people go deficient, or as the plants do too. So you got to take care of your things, and spreading fertilizer every year for every crop, it's crucial with pulling yields like I think we're going to be pulling this year. It's going to be crucial to replace those nutrients that we took. So how can tools like yield maps and profitability maps from the R7 tool help the farmers? And how can the farmer give themselves a yield or profitability score using these tools? Sure. So two great questions. And one of the first places, the yield potential maps are maps that are brought about from how green the corn was around tassel time. And then we transition those over into kind of a little bit different legend. And this is a great place to go out and count how many rows around and how long the years were, how many plants per acre. And you can get a pre-harvest yield estimate. So that's one of the pieces in there. And there's also uh, in the R7 tool, there's actually a profitability mapper. And one of the great things about that is you can see areas of your field, given the fixed costs of planting at maybe $18 per acre and tillage and running the equipment across there, you can see where the fixed costs are offset by yield optimization. And that profitability mapper is really a key place to see which part of your field. Typically, there's one of the three zones is maybe a part that is a loss leader. It doesn't pay the bills to even run the equipment across it. But then there's some really sweet spots in the field that uh, you maybe start to think about. Those are the ones that are paying the bills for the whole acreage, and we should maybe address some fertility needs on those. Yeah, so Joel, when some of our colleagues have done this in the past, and this is the most exciting part of the year, it's easily determined based off of the rows around length and then your population and divided by a, a number, and everybody's number is different depending on how deep the kernel is, but that's a great exercise to go out and utilize with the growers and operations that I'm dealing with, along with the interns. If you can go out there and pick three random ears and do it, and if you're within six bushels like my colleagues were doing last year, that's a powerful piece. Yeah. Growers can start hedging on the board or doing what they got to do and have a good understanding of where they are at their operation. So one way I kind of cheat to do that a little bit, I use the iPhone app, Corn Yield Calculator. I think it's $2.99, and uh, I usually download that, and that allows me to adjust for kernel size and keeps me from having my shoes and socks off counting corn kernels in the field. (laughs) If farmers did in-season management practices like tissue sampling or variable rate applications, how did they determine if these practices positively affected harvest So I think there's a number of ways to do that. Obviously, some things can be done in simply as uh, small blocks, whether they be 12 rows wide and just sections of the field, and you go back in and query areas that are similar in size. If you're going to analyze something on a tissue sample, if the plant is two growth stages past it and you apply to micronutrient in particular, micronutrients aren't mobile in the plant, so it won't be in the newest tissue, and you won't see the results in a tissue sample. If you apply to macronutrient like nitrogen or potassium, you might see those show up in a tissue sample. That's one way of measuring it, and again, going back to the yield, some things are done in well in small blocks. Hybrid research is done well in small blocks, 
But some things like seed treatment or for soybeans, whether you're dealing with an insecticide on soybean seed treatment, those are really important to do in large blocks. Fungicides are done best in 20 to 40 acre blocks so that the pest borders where there's an area of high pressure right next to low pressure, you get this crossover effect. And so sometimes on some of these plant growth regulators, biologicals, it might be better to look at a larger block in the field, whereas population, you can maybe look at a smaller block in the field and get a good analytical result. Yeah, it kind of depends on the machine size, the head. I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to think about. If you've got a, your sprayer set up different than your bean head and you start combining a little this and a little that, that's kind of sass and frass. That's not good data. So to keep that consistent with the management sizes and stuff that you have out in your field, that's the only real way to get good data off it. And if you can replicate it, that's even a better way to do it on a full farm. But most of the replicated data is done through the answer plot system or, or system like that. Yeah, I think that's a, a really important thing when Kyle was talking about replications. One of the big buzzwords in ag technology right now is spatial sorting software. And so basically everything that you're doing in a machine is leaving a digital breadcrumb that can be referenced by a GPS. And it's important as you think about those, a lot of companies are coming on asking to do a spatial sort and they want to tell you what hybrid by soil type did best. And they're adding different layers in there. And one of the ones that Kyle and I are just learning about this summer, it actually gives us a confidence interval as to what percent it thinks that that variable was attributed to just that versus 20% of the yield might have just occurred not as a result of the trial. It's helping to give us some spatial sorting variables as it looks at those tiny little pixels of information. You've been listening to The Deal with Yield with Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead and Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor, Kyle Reiner. For more episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes, My Farm Radio, and the Growing Knowledge blog on AnswerPlot.com.